0: It's a privilege to me to be standing in front of you, and I want to thank God for this opportunity to come and uh, present this word to you this morning. Can we please open our Bibles in the book of Luke chapter 13? Luke chapter 13, we are going to be looking at verse 1 to 5. Our focus will be verse 1 to 5 in the book of Luke chapter 30 So in the in the bible that I used the Tonga bible uh, this uh, verse 1 to 5 is demarcated also and then but here in the uh, English bible is verse 1 to 9 but we'll be concentrating on uh, verse 1 to 5 and then I want to thank the the pastor for giving me this opportunity, and also to thank you for coming, because we cannot uh, wait to worship God. Our life, it will be, it will be uh, the life of worshiping God. should be the life of uh, saving him, always. So, as it was read, uh, We'll realize that uh, Christ was uh, always teaching the people through pictures. And if we, we look at t- today, we also uh, see that God is also teaching us through pictures again. And is also uh, teaching us uh, through events or through experiences of life. As I'm saying this, I know that uh, as we see things every day, we see maybe horrible things, or we see things that we can consider them, them to be good. Those are uh, things that God wants to teach us uh, through them. Because he knows that uh, if he's not teaching us, he, he knows that uh, our life are concentrating on issues uh, rather than concentrating on him. That is why he always teach us. He always teach us through these issues because he knows our vain confidence in our ability. Because a man trusts himself much and he always knows that our weaknesses and folly and how soon we are cast to the ground. That is why he is always teaching us. And we should understand that there is nobody who knows us more than god that is why he's teaching us every day that is why he's giving us things that we should learn to know him always and we, always, we also don't know ourselves more than the way god knows us so here we are looking at two incidences and then these two incidences from verse one to five the one is is, is man-made and the second one is a natural disaster And the one for which is man-made, we find that uh, Pilate killed the Galileans who were uh, offering sacrifices or who were worshipping God by offering their sacrifices. And the Bible says that their blood were mingled or they were mixed with the blood of animals, meaning that uh, the animals were killed for sacrifices. And then when Pilate uh, sent his troops to kill the Galileans, the Bible says that their blood were mingled with the blood of animals they were sacrificing. And if, as we look at this uh, incident, the first in incident that I said is man-made. This, this was a terrible atrocity which was done by men. But we know how wicked get uh, Pilate was, because Pilate was the, 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 the very one who also ordered that uh, Christ should be crucified on the cross and when we look at the the the, the second disaster or this the, the second incident this one is a natural disaster whereby christ is mentioning uh, the tower of siloam killing 18 people and these two incidences seem to have shattered the people that is why in the first incident the people asked him what is his opinion about the first incident because the bible says verse one they were present at that season some who told him about the galileans whose blood had mingled and said to uh, and, and with their sacrifices and jesus answered them answered and said to them do you suppose that these galileans were worse sinners than all other galileans because they suffered such things in other ways the bible shows that he was asked questions about this first inc- incident. He was asked his opinion about this first incident. That is why the Bible says that he answered them because you cannot answer without being questioned. So he answered them because they questioned him. And that is why I said that these two incidences seem to have shattered the people that some even went to Christ with questions. Maybe they thought that uh, Christ was also astonished or was also amazed by these two incidences. Like when we tell people about the incidents that we see, maybe you, 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 you find that uh, you, you come across the incident whereby somebody's knocked by a car. When you go and uh, tell the other person, you will need that person to, 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 you know, to be amazed like you or to, to react like you, like you reacted. But here yeah, Christ did not react the way people reacted. And Christ on these two incidences did not react like the way people did. Because maybe they thought my, maybe he might condemn Pilate by what he did. Or maybe he might condemn the, 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 the tower on falling on 18 people. Because they wanted to, to hear his views on these two incidents. Like maybe to say to them that, oh, that was bad. Because that's the way we are are reacting when we are told about incidences. That was bad. Let's pray about it. But Christ did not say that. Because he knew that people are easily distracted by by what is happening around them. Like now, we can uh, take the event that is happening of COVID-19. Because we hear people saying that COVID-19 here, COVID-19 there, how many people are infected, how many died. But Christ here, he was not on the level of reaction of people, or he was not in the level of, those, of reaction of, or, or, I mean, for, for those people. Because as I said, that he knew that people are easily distracted by events around them. But he wanted them to look unto their lives, not to, to neglect their very own lives by what is happening around them. Because things might happen around us then we neglect our, own, our very own life. We neglect on what is happening with our own life. But Christ was not, in, uh, was not discouraging these people to have compassion. He was not discouraging them that they should not feel for what happened to the Galileans and those 18 people whom the tower fell on. But you was showing a different compassion. The compassion that is not like people, like, uh, like, like, like the ones people had. Because Christ does not have a compassion that we all have. Ourself, we, we, we might have compassion, we might cry with people, we might feel pity for them. We might maybe say to them that let's pray together. But the compassion of Christ was different to the people. The compassion of Christ was not like the, 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 the compassion that people uh, uh, looked that he, he might give. Or it was not the compassion that people uh, uh, maybe was, the, the, the people were, were, were maybe waiting for, for him to give them. Because I know that when I tell you about the disaster, I know that you'll say, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I, we are praying with you. Oh, we are, we are feeling pain. But Christ did not say that. But his compassion was very different. In both of these inciden- incidences, he talked about two things. He said, repent or perish. Meaning that the Christ's compassion was, to, 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 was for people to repent. Because if they don't repent, they will perish. That was his compassion. Christ showed showed a different compassion because he knew that if these people cannot repent, they will perish. Meaning that when he sees that these people are surrounded or they are concerned about what is happening around them, they are not concerned about their lives, that if ever they were in these incidences, what what was going to happen with them? That is why he showed them a different compassion. That if ever they don't repent, they will perish. Somebody was going to say, how should Christ say this in in these horrible incidences? This man does not have compassion. This man does not feel what we are feeling. But he was feeling more than what they are feeling. Because if ever they don't repent, they will will perish. Because the word perish in the Bible, it, it, it talks about eternal destruction. Or eternal death. He saw that these people are concentrating on what is happening, but they are neglecting their very own life. Because if ever they are concentrating on this, it is also distracting them to look unto their lives. Because situations can also distract us to look unto our lives. That is why Christ, in his first ministry, in his first words, in his ministry, he said, Repent, for the kingdom of God is near, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17 so that was the compassion that christ gave to the people that without repentance there is what people will perish he did not have compassion like the the one that people had because people want them to cry with them they want them when they 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 they, you know they tear their clothes tear with them then they could see that we are having a serious or we are having a genuine compassion but this compassion was genuine because it is a matter of life and death of Christ. So today I want us to look at the issue of repentance. But I want us to look at uh, repentance versus penance. <clears throat> repentance versus penance. Because uh, in most cases when we talk about uh, repentance, we will find that uh, sometimes we are misquoting it or we are not uh, uh, looking at it uh, uh, or, or at, uh, at the right way so i want us to look at repentance versus penance so penance sometimes we might uh, take it as repentance so i will i will explain it what penance means as we go on here so when we look at the compassion of christ to this world when he gives the 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 people the the answer that they were looking for when he says repent or else you will perish likewise on these two incidences Christ wanted to demonstrate the devastating catastrophe that awaits people who are not repenting because the catastrophe that they were seeing where a a pilot killed more Galileans or or when the tower fell on on people was nothing compared to the catastrophe that is coming when people are not repenting and he wanted to show them that it is, more, it is more than what Pilate did, or it is more than what the, the, the Tower of Siloam did to the people. The catastrophe of perishing is very much, uh, you know, it was very much important for Christ to tell the people because that is why I said it's a matter of life and death, because he knew the dangers of not repenting. He knew that even though we can be sick, even though we can we can encounter different uh, things that are difficult or painful but there's no pain when people perish there's no pain which is more than when people are are, are eternally distracted are, are eternally destroyed there's no pain like that because as i talk about repentance i will explain it that what repentance is i'll also re- explain what penance is Because most people claim to have repented, while when we look at their lives, you don't see repentance, we see penance. So what is repentance? As we look at repentance, the Bible is having many, many different uh, meanings about repentance. It's talking about the change of mind or the change of of heart. And when you look at the Bible, it's saying that it's turning away from sinfulness into righteousness is to realize and acknowledge our sin. And also is to see the love and kindness of God after realizing that. After realizing and acknowledging our sins, is to see the love and kindness of God because he sent Christ to to, to, to our lives so that he can die for us, so that we can uh, attend back to him. The Bible is saying that is to turn, turn away Repentance. But when we look at penance, we should uh, remember, uh, especially those who, who like us who went to from many churches, that penance we, we find this way in, 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 in the Roman Catholic Church, whereby people are going there to the priest to confess their sins. If ever the priest tells them what to do, they do so that they can uh, their sins can be forgiven. That is penance. It's a religious attitude rooted in human hearts, which prompts people to attempt to do what to pray for their sins or to die for their sins and there's no way in no way in the bible where God commanded us to die for our sins because the only person who died for our sins is Christ there is no man who died for his sins or no man who dies for the sins of others so penance is like you know it's a man-made thing that a consoles people when they talk about their sins that they are forgiven from God. That is penance we see in Islam, where people are torturing themselves in in order to gain favor from God. We see it in African traditional religion, where people torture themselves so that they can gain favor from God. That is penance. So penance is when one works for his forgiveness. But we know that the forgiveness of God I mean, the forgiveness of sins is from God. We don't work for it. It's a gift from God. When Christ in the, in the cross said that it is finished, he was meaning that we don't have to work for our forgiveness. It is finished. He has accomplished it. It's a gift. But penance is when we do our own forgiveness or when we do something that God should forgive us. Like the one that I, I gave, that when you go to the, the, the priest, you go there and kneel down, and then he blesses you so that your sins can be forgiven. But when you go away, that sin will come back again. That is why people who are claiming to have repented while they, uh, they, they went through this uh, process of penance, they don't enjoy themselves in Christ, or they don't enjoy them, they, they, their Christianity in Christ. So that is penance then i gave the, the the difference between repentance and penance and then when paul gave his testimony to the Ephesians elders in the book of Acts, chapter 20 verse 21 where he said that he testified to the jews and the greeks about the repentance toward god and the faith toward jesus christ he was showing that the repentance and faith goes together It's the repentance towards god and faith towards christ meaning that there is no repentance towards men and there is no faith towards men. It is towards Christ and towards God only. That is why Christ here showed that without repentance, people uh, perish. That was the compassion that Christ was showing. The only compassion that Christ can show us is when he tells us that we shall repent. Because without repentance, we will perish. That is why I said that some people claim to have repented. When we can, um, when you can, um, maybe you walk around, you meet people on the streets. They will tell you that they repented. They they repented. Because if ever you you ask them how did you repent, they will tell that you know I felt guilt for my sin. You know I cried when my sin is mentioned. I testified upon my sin. I went forward. I was prayed for. But you find that their hearts did not turn away from their sin. Their minds are not changed. Their hearts are not changed. They did, they did not even demonstrate the faith in Christ. Their faith in Christ not even demonstrated. They don't even have fruit of their repentance. You don't even see them. But they claim that they've repented. They've repented. Because repentance is more than crying for your sins. Repentance is more than you know feeling guilty for your sin. Repentance is more than you know uh, telling people about your sin, your, your sins. But repentance is a gift from God, it's turning away from my sin. It's seeing the love of Christ. But those who are not repented, but going through the process of penance, they are feeling guilty all over, I mean, over and over again. So let's look at the comparison between repentance and penance, how they differ because Christ saw that, saw that in these uh, two incidences that these people are having that, uh, uh, you know, that, that spirit of saying that, you know, incidences do come because people have, have, have done, I've have done, I, I, I mean, I did great sins, You know, incidents or trials come because these people have done much great sins? But we must uh, uh, realize that Christ was also showing them that uh, some incidences don't come as a judgment. They come for the glory of God. We remember Lazarus when he died. Christ said that it was for the glory of God. So let's look at the comparison between repentance and penance. Then number one, after feeling guilty about your sin. Yes, repentance. Repentance it shows that after feeling guilty about, about your sin, one will realize the love of God and his kindness through Jesus Christ this one i said it but in penance we find that after feeling the guilty about sin one only see god or he only sees the punishment from god he only sees god as one who always who always have, having a basket bed in his hand that is penance like the people who ask about the, the killing of galileans They thought it's the punishment from God or it's the punishment from God because some tragedies, as I said, are not punishment from God. Then repentance softens the heart of sinners because sinners will have a will to humble themselves through repentance. But penance hardens the hearts of sinners because in penance there is no humility. People are always taking credit for for fixing, their, for fixing their sins. That is why when we meet people on the way, that please come to church. You know, like not saying to them that repent, come to church. You know, I'm still uh, fixing myself. I want to live this and that before I come to church. That is penance. That is penance. He wants to fix himself. That is why I'm saying penance hardens the hearts of sinners because they are always taking credit for their own efforts. <laughs> then in repentance, the one who is, who is repentant sees trials as opportunities to grow in the Lord. Last week, we read uh, from uh, the book of James, uh, chapter 1, verse, verse 1 to 4, chapter uh, verse 2, when, where it says, count it all joy when you meet different trials so in repentance, people see trials, or uh, the, the believers see trials as opportunities to grow in the Lord. But in penance, people see trials as judgment from God. That is why I said that they see God as one who's always having a basketball, I mean a basketball bat in his hand. They just endure the pains because God will punish them. They just endure that for the sake of God because you'll punish them. But in, in repentance, Christians or believers see trials as opportunities to grow. And in repentance also, we see that a believers obey God through the sense of love because it makes them to love the one they obey. But in penance, people obey through the sense of duty. Well, it's a duty for us to obey God because he will punish us. It's like kids at home who are being abused by parents. They will uh, uh, obey their parents because they will be punished. But kids who are loved at home, they will obey their parents because they love their parents. They obey through the sense of love. But here we see that they obey through the sense of what? Of duty, it's their duty to, to obey. And it makes one to, to hate the one they obey. Because one is falling away always. We are falling away always. So if you fall away, you will hate the one who put the laws into place, because we are breaking them every day. And we find that the demand is too much. In a penance, we find that the demand is too much. Then when we come to repentance again, Believers see that it's a call from the highest source or from the highest source of authority. It's a call from God. And that call, which is from the highest authority, it must, it, it must be obeyed because it's not from man. It's a command from God. It must be obeyed. So when we come to penance, when they see that God is demanding repentance, they, you find that people, I mean, this one is from the, the lowest authority where it's come from a man if ever you don't come to me as a priest you won't be forgiven of your sins if you don't tell me about your sins i mean god will not forgive you you must tell me about everything so that i can pray to god that is what is happening even in charismatic circles you must go to the pastor so that the pastor can take your sins to god but repentance here we see that is a gift from god to every individual who has faith in christ but penance is whereby is from man, it's from the lowest authority, it's, from, it's not from the highest authority. You must bow down before man, you must give more for you to be given, I mean to, to be forgiven. I heard somebody saying that if you don't give tithe, you will not go to heaven. That is penance. This is man-made. But repentance is from God. Penance is, from, is man-made. And repentance also is the doctrine of faith unto Christ. And penance is the doctrine of works unto man or unto self. I must work hard for me to be forgiven. And the Bible did not command us to work hard for us to be be saved, but to have faith in Christ for us to be saved. So penance is the doctrine of works unto man and unto self. Then repentance is the doctrine of faith unto Christ, through I mean, faith alone unto Christ. And it is commanded by God. As we read the Bible, we will realize that it, in, 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 in many, 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 many letters in the Bible, or many, many books in the Bible, God is commanding us to repent, or is commanding the nation of Israel, the nation of Israel, the people to repent, every nation to repent. We can even check Ezekiel 14, verse 6, Matthew 4 verse 17 that I read that the first minister of Christ was, was the word repent. The Revelation 2 verse 5, that means the Bible is filled with the command of repentance. But it's not filled with the command of penance. It was not, never commanded by God. Penance was not, never commanded by God. So repentance makes shame to believers to be removed. It removes shame from us. Repentance. Why? Because we are already naked before God. Why should we be shameful? Because he can see through us. He can see everything in us. He can even read our minds. He can see even what we are thinking even though people are not seeing. That is why repentance removes shame from believers. There is nothing to hide before God. In repentance but penance it increases shame to people because of unsolved sins of the past I cannot tell them about that I killed a person because I mean you have to tell the people we have to tell the priest I cannot tell them that you know I did one to three I cannot tell them that I killed my unborn baby I cannot tell them I will just tell them about this These petty sins, these small sins only. That's penance. Because the the sins of the past are not resolved. You'll only tell the priest about these little sins. You know I lied yesterday. We know we are lying every day. But you cannot tell him that, look, I killed a man. Nobody knows it's me only. And God. How will they take me? How will they, they they look at me? I cannot tell them about my big sins. But before God were naked, he knows every sin that we've committed. That is why he forgives every sin that we've ever committed. And he forgives the sins that we're going to commit today. And he will also forgive the sins that we're going to commit tomorrow. That is why I'm saying repentance removes shame from believers. But penance increases shame to people because of the serious offenses of the past that are not resolved. But when you have repented, you know that all your sins, all your sins are forgiven. But if ever you feel that all your sins are not forgiven, that means you've never ever went through the process of repentance. But if ever you feel that all your sins, all your sins before, I mean the time you were born until the time you are going to die, are forgiven, then you have no shame before God. If ever you sin, you'll feel guilty, but the guilt will go after you've talked to God to forgive you. But in penance, you'll have guilt and guilt and guilt. You'll feel guilty every day. That's penance. And in, in, in repentance, we see that repentance restores us to the Father. We'll feel the love, we'll feel the forgiveness, we'll feel the warmth and the reassurance through the death and resurrection of Christ. We'll feel like a father and son relationship whereby a father will be angry with the son and the son asks for forgiveness from the father when we look at the prodigal side and the father embrace the son. Repentance is like the story of the prodigal son, where the father and the son reconnected. They are restored together. But penance will make people, I mean, will make people to rebel to their father. People will rebel against God, like Absalom and David. Absalom wanted David to, to accept him, but did not want to repent what he did to his father. Because we know that he, he took his father's wives. You know, He wanted to kill his father, but he did not want to repent of the wrongs that he he did to his father. But he wanted his father to forgive him. That is why I'm I'm saying that uh, repentance, it restores us to the father. But penance, it will make us to rebel to, to, to the father. Because restoration without repentance produces rebellion. Restoration without repentance produces rebellion. The more the guilt piles up in a man, the more you hate a man who is having a basketball in his hand. You think of only punishment. So repentance again, it makes us to plead mercy from God because we know we can't fix ourselves, we can't fix it. We know that we, we don't have power to fix it. We, can, we cannot make it right. Repentance shows us that we must plead mercy from God because we can, we can make it. Only God can. But penance shows that, you know, it shows that, the, 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 it shows that the, the, the false pretense that I can pay it. I can make it. I will make it right. I will fix it. People uh, forget that they are not machines. They can't fix themselves. They can not be fixed also. Only God can fix us. Only God can fix what is broken in us. Nobody can fix us. Only Christ can do that. And he did that on the cross of Calvary. And when we look at repentance again, we should realize that repentance produces fruit. As we look at uh, the book of 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 7, verse 11, it talks about fruit that repentance produces. Like the fruit of diligence, the fruit of fear, the fruit of zeal, the fruit of vindication. These are some of the fruits that repentance produces. But when we look at uh, penance, it does not produce anything, but it produces contempt for ourselves and others. Because one will, will come a, to a point where he it it does not even like himself anymore, where I hate myself because I'm failing every day. I'm failing to maintain my holiness. I'm failing to, 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 you know, to, to, to maintain whatever is written in the, in the word of God. That's why you find many people saying that, you know, I've done so much, but things are not going my way. I've worked hard on this marriage, but it's not going well. You must know that we did that using our might, using our power. We did not even involve a God in this. Some will even go to an extent to say that nobody will fix me. There is nobody who can fix me. Because they see how terrible they are. That is penance. Because they want to tweet on their own. But repentance will produce fruit. We'll see the fruit of repentance when one is repented. And lastly, repentance makes us to have to admit a sense of helplessness in ourselves and rely entirely on God. We realize our shortfalls when we have repented. But in penance we see we have self-trust. You feel like maybe i fixed something because sometimes when you fix them some of the things they do come fixed you you, you find that they are fixed then you love your self-trust you try you trust yourself more then when we conclude we must understand that in the bible when we look at the pharisees pharisees were the perfect example of the failure of men to make themselves righteous before god they were so religious but the religious without, I mean they were having that zeal without knowledge, so Paul said in the book of Romans. If you look at them, you'll see that they are, they were very religious. You might even make a mistake in saying that these people know God, the Pharisees. But they were far away from God. Because theirs was the, the religion of works whereby God say, said in the book of Romans that we are not saved through works, we are saved through faith in Christ. So penance is there also in the church of God, where people are feeling guilty for their sins. You know, they, 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 they want this guilt to go away. They talk about their sin. They, you know, they can even fall down to show that how sorry they are. They, even, they can even cut themselves to show how sorry they are but tomorrow they go back to their very own their, their very own sin, they, 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 the very same sin that they, they committed yesterday. They don't forsake them. So the Pharisees also, they, did, they, they, they forsake the commandment of God for the traditions of men. Because in the book of Matthew chapter 15, verse three, it tells us that the Pharisees forsook the commandment of God for the traditions of men. So in penance also, People forsake the the, the commandment of God for the traditions of men. That is why some of the things in churches, they also make penance to increase, like the altar calls. Like now if ever I can say, uh, those who are having uh, certain sins that they are struggling with, come forward so that I can pray for you so that God can forgive your sins. We will all come forward. Because we are struggling with this sin or the other. We are struggling with different sins. We'll come forward for prayers. Then after being prayed for, we'll go back to that very same sin. Why? Because that is not true repentance. That's penance. Man-made. Traditions of men. Where people are you know, taking the sins of, of people to God. Instead of giving the sins of people to Christ. So each and every individual will give his sins to Christ for true repentance. We'll remember Pharaoh also. When he, he, he was you know, witnessing the, the, the power of God, the miracles of God, he will even say to, 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 to Moses and say, you, you know, I've, I've, I've sinned against your God. But tomorrow you will do the very same sin that he said he has sinned against Heavenly God. Meaning that the guilt without repentance is penance. We might feel guilty, but if ever our, our hearts are not changed, if ever, if ever our minds are not changed, if ever we don't see the love of God in the guilt that we are feeling, that is penance. That is what we saw in Pharaoh. He was feeling guilt of what he was doing because God was punishing The nation of Egypt. Because the nation of Egypt was being cruel to the Israelites. And he will even say through his mouth that you know what I'm doing is wrong. I mean, when he's he's saying that I'm sinning against the Lord, I mean the God of heaven, that means he was having guilt in him that no, what I'm doing is wrong. But tomorrow he'll do the very same thing that he did. And we should remember that God has never commanded anyone. For, pay for his own sin but it's only Christ who will pay for all the sins of the world in other ways I'm saying let's, go, let's give God his throne when we give God his throne we'll see his sovereignty in our, our life We must give him his throne to be in control of everything to be in control with, to be in control with our lives because we cannot control our lives. We have failed long time ago. That is why Christ came so that he can show us his compassion, that my compassion is not like the compassion of this world. I know that what is coming to these people is more than what they are seeing. They might be seeing you know, something terrible that Pilate did. They might be seeing something, something terrible that the Tower of Siloam did. But what is coming to these people is eternal destruction, is eternal pain, it's eternal death. So that is the compassion of Christ. It's not like our compassion, where we'll be even uh, having compassion with sinners that we know that tomorrow when they die, they will go to hell. We even cry with them. We even, even, they, even if they say to us, let's pray, we pray with them, but we don't tell them to repent. That's, that is not compassion, because I, I have seen it. Now, as, as we are going around, we know we have COVID. Even people who were not even thinking that they'll tell you that, let's pray. They'll tell you that, you know, let's pray for this uh, pandemic. You know, it's terrible. It's ter- but let this pandemic, maybe, uh, they, they find a cure for it. You will see them. They'll go back to their seat. But now, because there is pandemic, you know, they are panicking. They are talking about God. You know, they talk as if they know Him. They talk as if they have repented. But let this pandemic go. You'll see them. They'll be like yesterday. That is penance. That's just feeling them. And they'll even tell you a a Christian. They'll tell a Christian, look, let's pray over the phone. Let's pray together over the phone. Sometimes I'm I'm asking, pray for what? This pandemic to go, then if it goes, then what? Why can't we pray for you to repent? Because if it can come to you and kill you without repenting, you'll perish. That is the compassion that we should have to the world. That if ever people don't know Christ, they did not repent, they will perish. Because now people are saying, "Hey, this pastor so and so prayed with me over the fool. I will even ask, did, did this pastor tell you to repent? No. Just prayed for, for protection and stuff and stuff and stuff. But this pastor did not pray for repentance. But the compassion of Christ to man, repent or perish that's the compassion of Christ because people thought maybe oh, this Christ would be saying no let me just uh, condemn Pilate let me just tell how bad Pilate is let's pray together so that he cannot kill people anymore let's pray together that this disaster should not come back anymore but he said to them this is nothing but there is a terrible thing that is coming if you don't repent you will perish let's close our eyes and pray father I want to thank you this morning I want to thank you for our wait I want to thank you lord for giving us the time to sit down and listen to our wait I want to thank you for your compassion in commanding us to repent father we find ourselves sometimes full of pride and self-confidence thinking that we can Determine what is best for us and the best direction of our lives. Yet, Dear Father, we recognize that unless we turn around and follow Jesus, our lives are headed for destruction. Today, dear Father, we commit to begin each day, each new day with a passion to live for for you. We want to live guided by your spirit and living with Jesus, our Lord, always. Please bless us as we seek to live for you. We are praying in Christ's name. Amen.